In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. At the traditional Mass um, following at noon, it would be expected of me to wear the black beretta. Uh, it's a squarish hat. Um, looks something akin to um, uh, the mortarboard hat the graduates were wearing just recently. Graduation time really is the only time that priests in their cassock and beretta can fit into a crowd. And I was uh, struck years ago when I, when I noticed all these clerical stores uh, in Philadelphia and New York especially where they sell priest stuff, right? So this is where we send people uh, when they want to borrow, borrow our stuff at Halloween. And they have not only the ordinary things in black um, and in the liturgical colors, but in all sorts of you know, fancy colors and, and kinte cloth and designs that you would never you know, expect. Not only do they, so they're selling to lots of people, not just Roman Catholic priests. And apparently the, the black Beretta, that you know, four-cornered hat has a tuft in the middle of it, um, has three little wings, you could say. Only a cardinal has four tabs all the way, front, back, left, and right. But the black Beretta apparently is popular at, at a lot of inner-city uh, Protestant churches. Except they don't call it a Beretta. They call it a prophecy hat. Well, Moses was warned about two men who were not present in the tent when... He prayed that the Spirit of the Lord would come down upon them. The two men were pointed out to him by name as men who were prophesying without his permission. And Moses said to them, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put his Spirit upon them. Now I warn you, if someone comes up to you and says, Brother, I'm a prophet, run the other way. But there are prophets in our lives. There are people that God has touched, whose spirit has inspired, who speak to you on behalf of God. Prophets aren't simply people who predict the future. Prophets are people who speak on behalf of God, or they ought to. And so the title prophet is, is something stable, like uh, the title priest in the Old Testament. When we hear the word prophet, we immediately think someone who speaks the truth in the same way that, you know, a priest is someone who offers a sacrifice as something good. In the Old Testament, when we hear people being referred to as prophets or priests, it refers to what their role is, but it, not, it is not yet an endorsement that they are good. So it's possible that one still is a priest, but he's a bad priest, right? In the same way, someone can be a prophet, but a bad prophet, a false prophet. It's not as though that person is no longer a prophet. They have that role. They're just digging themselves a bigger hole every time they open their mouths. What does God say about his false prophets? I have not sent them or appointed them or spoken to them. They are prophesying to you false visions, divinations, idolatries, and the delusions of their own minds. No sword or famine will touch this land, they dare to say. Those same prophets will perish by sword and famine. And in a letter that Jeremiah, the good prophet, sent to God's people, 
he tells them this. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. These are the people in exile. These are the people who have been marched away from Jerusalem. And this is what a good prophet tells them. Live your life. Marry. Have children. Be productive. Produce wealth. And pray for the land that oppresses you. Pray that it prosper. He continues, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says, Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them. Our Lord, when he speaks of the end times, which is the period of history that began as of his crucifixion and death, warns us about great and terrible things that will visit God's people, namely his church, but also the good things that will happen and the people that he will send us and the way that he will send you into troubled times. I send you prophets and wise men and scribes, some of whom you will kill and crucify, and some you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from town to town. And then speaking to us whom he's sending, they will deliver you up in tribulation and put you to death. And you will be hated by all nations for my my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because wickedness is multiplied, most men's love will grow cold. Speaking over 100 years ago, Pope St. Pius X spoke of this great and terrible calamity that was facing the church and threatening the world. He called it modernism. One understands how it is that the modernists express astonishment when they are reprimanded or punished. What is imputed to them as a fault, they regard as a sacred duty. They understand the needs of consciences better than anyone else, since they come into closer contact with them than does the church. They embody them, so to speak, in themselves. Let authority rebuke them if it pleases. They have their own conscience on their side and an intimate experience which tells them with certainty that what they deserve is not blame, but praise. And thus they go their way. Reprimands and condemnations notwithstanding, masking an incredible audacity under a mock semblance of humility. Their minds and hands are more boldly intent than ever on carrying out their purposes. And this policy they follow willingly and wittingly, both because it is part of their system that authority is to be stimulated but not dethroned, and because it is necessary for them to remain within the ranks of the church 
in order that they may gradually transform the collective conscience. And then saying this, they fail to perceive that they are avowing that the collective conscience is not with them and that they have no right to claim to be its interpreters. It is thus, venerable brethren, that for the modernists, whether as authors or propagandists, there is to be nothing stable, nothing immutable in the church. That was written on the 8th of September, 108 years ago. And so remember that we are optimists, not pessimists. We look forward to what God is unfolding. There was a, a brazen theology professor who went to Rome in the 1990s who claimed to represent a whole host of like-minded heretics, although, remember, they don't think that what they propose is to be blamed but rather to be praised, so they would call themselves prophets, right? And he was speaking across the desk from the prefect for the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, Cardinal Ratzinger. And this theology professor, trying to claim authority by virtue of the great many colleagues of his who hold the same positions that the church condemns, instead of being cowed and instead of wasting any time, Cardinal Ratzinger smiled, pushed him a piece of paper, and said, wonderful. Will you write down their names? <laughs> the time that we should fear is the time when evil lurks unnoticed, when people do bad things under cover of darkness, when, when the people who are hell-bent on destruction are so confident that they identify themselves in public, we should smile. It's precisely at those moments when, when the leash on the devil is just loose enough that he forgets that he's still governed by God, that he, that he shows his face. And it's then that we can pay attention, remember their faces, remember their names, and be confident. Because we've also found out at the same time who are our true friends, who are our good shepherds, who will stand by us when we lose our jobs and end up in prison and are hated and have people spit in our face. Don't despair because you found out there are bad people. You already knew there were bad people. Rejoice because you know your friends are true and faithful. And if the Lord gives you the spirit of prophecy to speak on his behalf, remember, remember what St. Paul said that I might not become too elated because of the abundance of the revelations. A thorn in the flesh was given to me to beat me, to keep me from being too elated. Be humble and realize that if anything good happens through you, it's because it came from God. It came from the Holy Spirit. We are not the authors of truth. We are its witnesses. And moreover, truth itself does not conquer hearts. Grace does. Love does. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and I, if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. 
If I give away all I have, and if I deliver my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful. It is not arrogant or rude. Love does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrong, but rejoices in the right. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For our knowledge is imperfect and our prophecy is imperfect. But when the perfect comes, the imperfect will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall understand fully, even as I have been fully understood. So faith, hope, and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.